Hello, and welcome to the Transcending CRM podcast, a show where we explore how the Salesforce ecosystem has impacted the careers of fellow trailblazers and the businesses that have leveraged dynamic growth from the platform. This podcast is brought to you by Silverline. Silverline is a Salesforce digital transformation consultancy headquartered in New York City, specializing in financial services, media and entertainment, and healthcare industries. I'm your host, Elliot Spence, Principal Consultant at Silverline, along with my co-host, J.P. Owens, Managing Director of Banking and Lending here at Silverline. Hey, J.P., how's it going today? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Elliot, I'm glad to be back here, especially with uh, our guest today. Oh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's one we've been trying to line up for a while, and our schedule's finally linked up, and here we are. So, as J.P. said, today we're joined by Kevin Tiernan. Kevin is the Area Vice President of General Business at Own Backup. Kevin has been with Own Backup for over five years with experience across many different roles. He is a four-time President's Club winner and recipient of the 2021 and 2022 Top Commercial Team and the 2021 and 2022 Top Commercial Segment RVP Awards. So you've been busy, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Excited to uh, talk to you guys today. Yeah, so can you go ahead and take a moment and tell us more about yourself, your current role at Own Backup, and for our listeners that may not have have experience with Own Backup, can you tell us a little bit about Own Backup? Yeah, absolutely. I'm based here out of our, our U.S. headquarters uh, here in New Jersey. Um, as you mentioned, I've been here at Own Backup for a little over five years. I actually got started as an individual contributor. That's really when uh, I met you and JP uh, five plus years ago. At uh, it was actually my first Dreamforce. So. Uh, did that role for uh, for a couple of years. Uh, you know, working directly with uh, with our customers. Um, you know, really kind of managing the full deal cycle, and uh, then had the opportunity to move into a regional vice president role, where I was directly managing a couple of our sales teams. Did that for a few years, and then um, at the start of this year, I had the uh, the good fortune I was uh, moved into our uh, area vice president of a general sales role. So in this role, I'm managing uh, two regional vice presidents. They uh, they cover the uh, North South America territory for me, and uh, about twenty or so uh, individual contributors. So I've got a a good sized group of folks that are uh, that are rolling up to me, and you know just an awesome team that uh, that I get to work with uh, every day. As far as own backup, so you know what we do, and I know you're familiar, but but for some of the other listeners out there. We're a SaaS data protection platform. Um, we cover some of the largest SaaS ecosystems in the world. So what we're, we're most commonly known for is our solutions for Salesforce. But uh, over the uh, the recent you know year, year and a half or so, we've rolled out solutions for uh, Microsoft Dynamics 365 and then recently ServiceNow. So we're really helping uh, you know 5,000 plus customers with uh, just getting into addressing the whole shared responsibility model of operating in the SaaS, uh, in the SaaS world. Um, obviously helping with backup and recovery, but uh, also a number of other things, you know, archiving, sandbox seeding, data security. So uh, that's kind of own backup in a uh, in a nutshell there. Yeah, absolutely. And when I first, like you said, when we met at Dreamforce, it was, I can't believe how long it's been since then. I mean, own backup was, you know, very, you know, not, I don't want to say small, but it's grown a lot since then, since that time. And there's a lot of, a lot of other features and uh, things that own backup offers. And we're definitely going to get into those, but, you know, and I'm excited to talk about those, but through your career, you know, looking back at your whole career, you've had a lot of different roles in the SaaS space. How did these roles prepare you to your current role that you hold today with own backup? Yeah, absolutely. So even prior to SaaS, I had a whole sort of sales career, kind of 1.0, if you will. Um, and, you know, eventually had gotten into the, uh, the SaaS world. I spent about 10 years prior to own backup, um, you know, selling in the SaaS space, worked in a couple of different industries. I sold some uh, 
HR software. I, I sold some marketing tech, um, but really I, I spent the bulk of my time working with financial services organizations. Um, specifically, I was working with broker dealers, hedge funds, RIAs, some private equity firms to help with their needs around data archiving for regulatory compliance. So, you know, where it really helped with my role today is I think first and foremost, just getting a good understanding of the importance of protecting data, right? Why a business would want to do it, why it's so critical, being able to access it at a moment's notice. And, and for a lot of those folks, of course, being compliant with industry regulations with FINRA and the SEC coming after a lot of them, some pretty hefty fines out there. So it, it painted a really good picture of the importance of it. But it really, you know, I think for me, what was the most interesting thing is it helped me gain a level of experience and understanding of the financial services world, which when I came to own backup, we didn't, you know, again, we were, we we're a much different company. We didn't have, you know, some of the segments and territories we do now. It was come on board and, uh, you know, let's go, uh, let's go to sell some Salesforce customers. And, and what I did is I had a bit of a focus on the, the financial services world. It was a space that I understood. I kind of got it. So I really doubled down on, uh, you know, my knowledge of that space and used it to, to drive a lot of the early business. You know, even again, frankly, you know, when I met you guys, right? So I think some of that previous experience just just helped me with the confidence to know, uh, you know, why it's critical for the other uh, financial services community to have a need for a product like on backup. And Kevin, as we think about Salesforce as an ecosystem and, and your exposure to it, and maybe would love to hear a little bit more about what was your first exposure to the platform and, and when did you really kind of dive into it and really get comfortable in the ecosystem and realize all the potential it offered? I love this question. I've had a couple uh, a couple people uh, I've told the story to, um, and, and really I, I got my first exposure to it at kind of one of the early startups I worked at when I was selling some HR tech and uh I, just, I loved it. Uh, I, I was one of those, I, I think one of the rare account executives that that just dove in and felt like this is going to help me run my business. You know, I came from a, a, my previous sales world of, you know, green screens and, you know, managing business on Excel spreadsheets or paper, uh, if I'll really age myself here. And, and so, you know, when, when I got my first exposure to Salesforce, I just thought it was a game changer for me. You know, sales folks, you've got a lot of different conversations you're managing at any given time. You've got a lot of opportunities, sort of a lot of irons in the fire. And frankly, it's tough just to keep up with all of it. So I just embraced it. But really, you know, the funny story for me is kind of my first real exposure to it beyond just being an end user. I worked at another startup and we had a homegrown CRM solution and man, it, it was so bad. I mean, just, just the worst thing ever. And I remember it was my day, my first day on the job. It was uh, maybe a little egotistical at that point in my career. And I, I just went up to my VP of sales and told them, I, I don't know if there's going to be a day two if I have to use their CRM. Like I just couldn't run a business on it. And, you know, I think he he thought I was a little crazy and, and I just kind of pushed him on and I just said, there's got to be a better way, right? I, I just can't use this homegrown thing. We're going to have to, you know, if we're going to be a successful company and, and a sales team, we need a real CRM. So fast forward a couple months, uh, he called me in his office and uh, sat me down and I thought, you know, what did I do now to get in trouble here? And uh, he told me, you know, Good news, bad news, and uh, I'm a you know I'm a bad news first kind of guy. So uh, uh, he he didn't let me get that win. Uh, he gave me the good news, which was uh, the company had purchased Salesforce. Uh, implementation was actually uh, you know somewhat in process already, which I was super excited about. And and I'm trying to figure out like what's the bad news, right? When's the other shoe going to drop? And what my VP of Sales ended up dropping on me was. I was going to be the guy responsible for training the entire sales team on how to use Salesforce. And if it failed, it was my fault and my responsibility. So uh, that was a little bit of a learning curve for me. I will say it, it helped certainly 
drive the respect to the level of respect I've got for Salesforce admins, product owners. I mean, far more than I, I think I'd ever really understand or comprehend had I not had that experience. We had a, a sales manager who um, he decided that uh, tasks weren't meant to be uh, opened and closed. You would uh, His directive to the sales team was you open a task and you write all of your notes in it. And you just put a new date under each one and you never close it out. And then he came to me complaining one day that uh, reporting didn't work because uh, nobody on his team had ever closed any tasks or any activity. So uh, that's what I was working with. So that was really kind of my first exposure to it. Nightmare at first, but but a great learning experience and, uh, you know, really kind of helped me want to dive into the ecosystem a little more. So I, I got to credit, uh, you know, that that experience for it, for sure. There's so many comments and things I want to say to that entire story, but I guess I'll start with first. Elliot's first conversation with me about becoming a Salesforce admin was very similar. I think he used Salesforce as a salesperson at like Office Depot or something, but That's I think that was his first. Correct. Yep. That was I the remember. first time I ever used it. It was Salesforce Classic. That was yep. 20, maybe 2011, late, early 2012 is when I, I first used it. Which leads me to my next comment. So I assume you were on classic first, right? Like I was classic first, but then Elliot like came in as an admin in lightning and was like poo-pooing on all my classic admin skills. And he was like, here's how you do it in lightning. So was it classic or lightning for you? I was classic. And I shouldn't admit this, man, I, I fought lightning. I was down to when they forced the transition and I couldn't log into classic anymore. And I, I was, you know, kicking and screaming about it. And now I look back and I'm like, man, why did I fight that for so long? So, uh, yeah, it was classic for a long time. And uh, like any change, I, I resisted a little bit. But uh, in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, and there should also be like a, a separate podcast episode where we talk about just all of the interesting requests from sales leaders. I think every admin's ever had about how they want to manage their pipeline or their prospecting activities that just go against all of the best practices. So those are always that would be some good stories. But as we talk about own backup in general, I mean, we're, we, we, Elliot and I typically work with a lot of banks and lenders and credit unions, and we hear and talk about own backup very often. And it's obviously a backup solution at its core, but it has a lot of other features and functionality. But can you talk a little bit about any advice you would give to banks or credit unions and any other business for that matter that may be considering a backup solution for their Salesforce org and like where to start in that evaluation process? Totally. Yeah. I really appreciate the question. I mean, I think you know, just in my, my, my years here, I've spoken with a lot of banks, credit unions, a lot of financial service companies, but a lot of other industries too, right? I, I mean, we work with such a wide range of industries from, you know, tech companies, media companies. I mean, kind of anybody that could be a Salesforce customer and best advice I could give, it's the same for anybody, right? There's no better time than now to get a solution in place. And, and I really, you know, I, I try to take my sales hat off with that, but I often hear, you know, hey, the data lives someplace else, you know, it's in some core system, or hey, it's not that important at this point in time. And, you know, and I, and I hear a lot of this, like, hey, why would we need it now? And I look at it a couple different ways. You know, first off, you're making an investment in Salesforce. And that's, you know, that's not an inexpensive investment, right? So you, you've already committed to making this investment and saying, hey, this is the direction we're going to go with our business. I think it's just a great idea to protect that investment as early on as possible. But then when you think about, you know, even if data does live, you know, banking, we hear it all the time. Oh, it's in our core system. It's over here. It's over there. Totally accurate. But if you think about that kind of old bad data in, bad data out, right? If some data is corrupted in one of those systems, if there's a problem with that system and integration breaks, right? Any of these things that happen along with the, you know, numerous other factors that, that we hear that cause data loss or corruption, you know, asking about a backup solution after that happens tends to be too late. And so I, I do stress it is, you know, once you've decided to make that investment, I think the earlier, the better. 
And particularly, you know, as you're making the, the, the transition, you're going through this digital transformation, right? You've done it for a reason, right? You want to give your customers a better experience. You know, maybe it's a customer community that you're building out. Maybe it's an online portal where people fill out, you know, credit card or banking applications, right? What's that going to do to your business if there's some downtime, right? What's that reputational risk? We hear about it in the banking space all the time, right? The sort of war for deposits. What if somebody can't go and open a new checking account with you because, you know, your online portal was down due to some data loss? And so that's really where I say, you know, no, no day is better than today to at least get it started. Now, as far as the evaluation, right? You know, I think I always stress we are a, uh, you know, we're a great partner of Salesforce. Um, I think the app exchange is always a wonderful place to start. I guess I've got the good fortune of saying, you know, my, my job's somewhat easy in the sense that a lot of our customers are really awesome about saying nice things about us on the app exchange. And, and I probably told you guys, you know, the same thing. Hey, you know, you want to hear about us, go, go check it out from your peers. So I think the app exchange is a great place to start. Obviously, trusted partners like you guys, you know, you've got experience doing this, right? You know, the best in class solutions out there. So I think taking your advice and guidance on that is is super important. And uh, I always encourage people to talk to their peers in the ecosystem, right? You know, ask what their peers are doing, get those best practices down and uh, nothing better than hearing from somebody that's, you know, had a, a solution where they've had to use us and we've been able there to, to cover them or help them out. So that, that's kind of my guidance there. I will never forget the day I got Own Backup approved. It was in the middle of what we were, we were doing our Encino training at the bank. And it was what Elliot and I and the rest of our team like to call permageddon with the whole Pardot issue with permissions and where everybody's orgs got shut down. That got signed real quick after that day because um, I had it in front of the, the committee to sign it and approve it. So that was uh, our experience getting it pushed across the finish line. And it would have been valuable that weekend, but we, we got good use out of it later. But when we talk about own backup overall, I mean, it's more than backup and restore. I know you guys have had some acquisitions and you've added new features and functionality. Can you talk about some of the less known or maybe overlooked features that own backup offers? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I love this stuff too, because right when I got started here and when I first started talking with you guys, it was a pretty simple, straightforward thing, right? We had, we had our backup and recovery solution and we had our sandbox seeding tool. And that's, and I'll talk about that a little bit, but it's really grown so much. And, you know, kind of our core tenant is thinking about, you know, no customer operating in the cloud should lose data. And we still believe that, right? Backup's a core product we offer. But we have to think about it like, what else would our customers really, you know, what else would they need? What else would they benefit from? And I think we do a really good job of listening to that voice of the customer and hearing what's going to be important. So the second thing we rolled out was our, our sandbox seeding products. And that's really, you know, useful to help up speeding, you know, dev cycles, getting actual useful data into some of these lower environments. For our regulated customers, anonymizing data in those environments, you know, not exposing, you know, your actual prod data to, to anybody in the company or outside developers or whatnot. So that was really kind of the second thing we, uh, we came to market with. And uh, we've got a really awesome product there, you know, really kind of helps speed up those dev cycles. After that, I know we heard a lot of customers talking about data lifecycle management, right? We, we use Salesforce and put all of this data in there. Sometimes we kind of run out of space or we don't need all that data in there, but we don't want to get rid of it. Um, again, when we think of the regulated industries, we know that there are some, some businesses that have both internal and external policies on, uh, on data lifecycle. And maybe there's a regulation that says you got to keep your data out there for, you know, you've got to keep it for seven years. You only need it accessible for three. So you can help accomplish some of those goals with our archiving product, you know, offload some of that data, but still make it accessible and make it so that it can be brought back into the system should you have a need. And that's all done through managing various, you know, end user permissions and whatnot. But that's another real popular one. And, you know, now we've uh, we've started to even grow and expand uh, into the data security space. 
So we've got a uh, really awesome uh, product called Secure. And what that can help do is just strengthen the overall security posture, get a good understanding of kind of data exposure risks and really help our customers be proactive and taking actions to classify this data, you know, protect it and then prove that it's being protected. And it's also a super useful tool for uh, for helping speed up shield implementation. So I'm sure you guys run into a lot of folks that are, you know, looking at shield or have shield and want to get it implemented. And uh, that's a big one, right? And and so the, the use of our secure products can help get shield in place, but they can help with ongoing compliance and, and data security. I think that's a, that's a key tenant right there, right? Data security, it's not a once and done it's an ongoing thing for as long as we're around. So uh, those are a couple of the other uh, products that we've rolled out. And, uh, you know, I'm sure more, uh, you know, maybe more to come down the road, but uh, it's been exciting just to see us grow, you know, beyond uh, what you kind of expect to hear with uh, with a name like Own Backup. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like I said, we started evaluating back when JP and I were at the bank. I think it was 2018 or so we started evaluating it. And it's grown so much since then. And as JP said, when we got it approved, that was May 2019. Uh, anybody listening that's an admin and has been an admin since May 2019 and you had Pardot integration, Pardot set up in Salesforce, you definitely experienced Permageddon. That's when, as JP mentioned, we were we had everybody on site at, uh, at the bank training on Encino and all of a sudden nothing worked. And it was... Something happened at Salesforce, a script was ran, and it wiped anybody that had Pardot in Salesforce, it wiped out all of your profile permissions. So that's when we were like, yep, we need open backup. And it was very quick after that. So, you know, I've definitely used it in my prior role. It saved me on many occasions uh, when reports and dashboards or anything got were affected. It was a quick restore. So, and that's just one piece of it now. As you just talked through, there's so many more products, but for you personally, Adam Backup, other than, you know, the awards we mentioned at the beginning, all the sales success you had or have had and will continue to have, but what are some of the most gratifying moments you've had in your career? You know, I, I think I got to say, right, spending time with the team is just, it's awesome, right? We're, we're, we're very much, uh, you know, in the office here and, uh, you know, that that that's where I am today. And and I, I try to get here as much as I can. And, and I, I just feel fortunate to have an awesome team to work with, right? I got some really motivated sellers. A lot of the folks that that I indirectly and even directly manage are, are somewhat earlier in their career, and you know, and, and we work them hard, right? We have, we've got really high expectations here, but I just love when we get to kind of clown around, right? Joke about different things, and just it's not work related, right? We're just you know we're telling jokes, and I I, I tend to be a real serious guy, but I'll just crack a joke out of nowhere and uh, just you know kind of make it a daily goal to see how many people I can get uh, kind of laughing on the sales floor, and uh, for me, I mean. That's the fun stuff, right? Sales is a hard job. There's a lot of pressure on, and uh, especially as we get to the end of, you know, the end of the year, right? There, there's there's so much pressure on, uh, you know, on a lot of folks, and especially if you haven't been through it before. I, I mean, I just love the the kind of clowning around. I'm like I said, I'm super serious, but I'm also pretty not uh, not serious at a lot of times. So just kind of you know be, being a clown, uh, that's kind of fun, but. You know, I think probably one of my favorite moments, and it's funny because I, I was talking with one of my RVPs this morning. I, I was on a call with her as I was driving in today, and uh, you know, we're just catching up on life and everything. And you know, and, and I told her a story of one of my uh, my first year managing. Um, you know, really being a manager, didn't know what I was getting into. And uh, I think you know, probably my favorite moment for that year was one of the one of the account executives I managed at the end of the year told me how you know, giving him the opportunity, it really just kind of changed his life. Uh, you know, he he was, you know, he had some sales jobs before, but never one where he was as successful. And, and he had a really phenomenal year, you know, hit his goals, made President's Club and, uh, 
you know, made a made a bunch of money so much so that he was able to save up, put a down payment on a house, and then even uh, you know save up some extra money to uh, put away to buy a ring for his now fiance. So you know, something like that uh, that was pretty cool to hear. It's not uh, you know I didn't know if I would uh, when I got into management you know kind of be about the you know sort of touchy feely stuff like that, but uh, that was pretty cool stuff to uh, to hear from them. And uh, you know that's the type of stuff that I think is super important as uh, you know as a leader to understand what motivates your team and. Uh, just align with them and know that uh, people are people and uh, you know, you got to have fun with them. You got to help them uh, be motivated. But uh, th- those are the big wins for me, right? When you can change somebody's life and uh, help them get to their goals. That's uh, that's a pretty awesome feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier talking a little bit about the own backup culture, and this isn't something I planned on asking you. I just, I want to ask you about it now that I'm thinking about it. Like we first met at Dreamforce and own backup had a presence at Dreamforce that year, but Every year, it seems like it's getting larger and larger and larger. And this year at Dreamforce, I can't remember if there were like three or four. It was almost like houses set up for own backup. What's the planning look like for own backup? I mean, obviously, Dreamforce itself, Salesforce spends a whole year planning for Dreamforce, but own backup's presence there keeps growing and growing. And this year you had like, it was almost like houses with yards and grills all set up all over Dreamforce. What's the planning like for that? I got a lot of respect for the marketing folks. I'm just not that creative. Like I couldn't think of that. That's uh, you know that that goes so beyond the way that, that that my mind works. So they they I mean they put a lot of time and planning into this. It's you know I think it's almost one of these one dream force is over and they're already looking at next year. Uh, you know it's we actually had a, a meeting with some marketing folks earlier this week and they they shared you know what the plan looks like for next year. So they're really already digging into it. I don't know. I wish I had like one percent of those creative juices. Uh, that that would uh, that would be pretty cool. But yeah, they uh, they really do a you know just a bang up job of of the planning and and making sure that it's you know relevant to our customers, right? That the messaging is there, that we're going to be accessible to our customers, whether it's you know on the exhibit floor, outside there, you, you know dinners and things like that. But you know it, it also kind of exudes our culture, right? You know we we've got a lot of kind of core values, right? You know, we believe the culture is as important as results. And and I think, you know, for us, right, like we want to drive results, right? Dreamforce is a big investment, but we also want to make sure that kind of speaks to our culture and that we're, you know, we, we cover serious stuff, right? We do data backup and data protection for folks. It's not something to joke about, but we want to make sure that we give a warm experience to our customers. And, uh, you know, hopefully we keep on, uh, we keep on doing that. And, uh, I'm sure they'll, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll be excited to hear that uh, the message keeps on, uh, you know, kind of resonating that people are still talking about uh, the Dreamforce experience. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. And uh, I look forward to it every year because it's always a big, uh, big surprise to see what we uh, we end up doing there. Yeah, absolutely. Every every vendor we run across at Dreamforce, everybody's very creative, but big shout out to your marketing team because they always seem to knock it out of the park and they're super creative. And it was definitely that way this year. So, all right. One of the last questions I'll get into. Typically, we ask everybody any tips they have for admins, incoming admins, anybody new to the Salesforce platform. You can still go in that direction, but I want to pivot it a little bit to anybody that's new to the SaaS space with sales or selling either as a Salesforce partner or work to Salesforce. It's a competitive market and you know people may be nervous jumping into it for the first time and just getting started. But what tips would you have for anybody in, in your shoes back when you started? I'll stick down the sales route. I don't, I don't want to go and give any admin tips. That uh, that, that may go in a, a, a wild sideways direction. Yeah, yeah you can, so, you can uh, just make something up. Just throw it out there. 
I'll, uh, you know, I'll say, I, I, I think, you know, it actually it is important and, and a little bit of a sidebar advice, but I actually think it's super important, especially for, for sales folks and sales leadership to have a good relationship with their, their CRM team, right? I've got a great relationship with the folks over there. And, and I just think it's, it's super important, right? We both have very different, very challenging jobs, but, you know, like anything, um, you know, more bees with, uh, with honey there. And I think, uh, you know, just understanding what they're doing and, uh, how we can collaborate is, uh, is a better way to go about it. But for folks that are, you know, kind of newer to, to sales, SaaS sales, the Salesforce ecosystem, I mean, man, it's an awesome place to be. Sales is a tough job, right? I think especially SaaS sales, you know, and then selling services and anything in this ecosystem, any sales job for that matter, it's tough. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of no's, you get a lot of that negativity, but you just keep on persevering. So, you know, I and then, then you build these relationships, right? I mean, I you know, five years ago, who would have thought here would be, you know, sitting here five years later talking today. And and so, you know, I think sales folks, you know, new to the new to the the, the world, right? You got to be eager to learn. You got to be open to taking advice from folks that have done the job, right? You know, we want to guide you. We want to help you get there. You got to ask for help, right? You know, I, we, we've got the saying, right? Don't suffer in silence. You know, if you're struggling on something, raise your hand, ask for help. I, I'll be available anytime somebody wants to ask for help or needs a little guidance on how to do it. But I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of folks that are, are nervous to ask for help. So biggest thing, just, just raise your hand and say, hey, man, I, you know, I, I don't understand this. Can you give me a little guidance? Can you say it again, right? And show that you're eager to learn. I think that's all critical, right? You know, if you can find a mentor, uh, that's always an awesome thing. Uh, that's something if I could rewind my career 10 years ago, you know, I'd find a mentor, you know, be eager, but be humble, right? You know, we, I certainly don't know everything. My team will get a kick out of hearing me say that, but uh, it's true, right? I, I still have a lot of learning to do and and I think we all do. So uh you know, we know what we know and we try to learn a bit more every day. But uh, if we don't, uh, if we don't know, let's just, you know, no ego here. Let's figure it out. Let's be a team and let's uh, let's work together. And that's really it. It's truly a team sport, right? We want to win together. We want to lose together. It's uh, it's not an ego thing, right? We want to work with our customers, find the right solutions for them, build strong partnerships. And I think you got to you got to be humble to do that. And then lastly, you know, have some hobbies outside of work. You work hard. It's tough. But uh, you got to have something to take your mind off of it when the uh, the workday ends. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's an important thing, right? Having that balance in life. So uh, that's it. And uh, get started, right? You know, biggest thing you got to do in sales is just, you know, the, the, the kind of age old pick up the phone and dial, right? You know, start reaching out to folks. Uh, you got to take action on it. So if you're thinking about a sales career, I'd say jump into it. Give it a shot, right? Like I went to school for hotel and restaurant management. Uh, didn't ever think I'd be in a sales career. Sport management. That's where I was. Then I ended up at a bank and now here. I mean, I, I love your call outs for be humble. Uh, I think that's a new one. And I 100% agree. I mean, you're never going to be, at least you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room. I always, you know, I think I'm pretty good at what I do, but I'm always trying to learn. You know, I know that I can learn from anybody and being humble, finding a mentor are super critical to, you know, getting where you want to be and reaching those goals. I like how Elliot skipped over I like how Elliot skipped over some of his previous pit stops. He went straight to the bank. He didn't hit on working at an ice rink, doing his MMA career, none of that good stuff. I'm all over the place. I had a lot of twists and turns in my career. I think it's an exciting thing to have some twists and turns. Mine had a couple too. I worked at a hotel. I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. So uh, I've done a couple things in career 1.0. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a straight line. I worked at a cemetery. <laughs> you got me beat. Six, That's, for I, six I have not summers. Six summers with... Uh, one of our future podcast guests that'll be on in a few weeks. I'll have I'll have to bring that up on our 
you end up playing in the NFL. But before that, during our high school and college summers, we were working at a cemetery cutting grass. Oh, well, and to the sales comment too, I think people need to realize we're all selling in some fashion, which I feel like I realized early on in my previous roles, whether I was selling an idea, selling a strategy, selling a business model, or actually selling a product or service. I think everybody has to get comfortable with the idea that you're a little bit of a salesperson regardless. And that's a good thing. You got to be able to advocate for what, what needs to be done and why and, and sell value across the board. I, I agree, right? And I think even just in our personal lives, right? We do a lot of selling of ourselves and things that we want, and uh, it's a good it's a good skill set to uh, at least get a little bit of exposure to. And uh, I think it can can help in a lot of uh, a lot of areas of life for sure. All right, last question. We like to ask all of our guests to share a fun fact about yourself that not many people know. It could be an accomplishment, a talent, a fun, or almost unbelievable story. So, Kevin, what is your fun fact? I got some unbelievable stories, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to divulge them here. Maybe not too many people that I, I guess I alluded to it a little bit, or, you know, my, my sort of career 1.0, uh, I guess I skipped my senior year of high school, went to college a year early, was super eager to get out. And I was like, all right, I'm going to work in hotel and restaurant management. And uh, I just had a career in that. Um, it's not too fun of a fact, but I mean, it was just, you know, when I talk with a lot of sellers and they're like, oh, you've been selling for your whole life, you know, as a lifelong salesperson. And I'm like, no, like that was never my intent. I mean, I, you know, I guess I had no intent except for to work in a hotel or a restaurant. I was like, I like hotels, I like restaurants. That'll be cool. Let's go to college for it. And uh, that was about uh, as much planning as I was doing back then. So, uh, you know, I think, um, again, I, I think as I evolved in my career, right, it, uh, it helped kind of give some discipline to it. And, uh, you know, and that, that that's really it. So uh, fun fact, I had no clue whatsoever what I was going to do with my career, like many of salespeople. But man, Again, back to that guidance, get into it, get into it early. It, uh, it's a fun, it's a rewarding, uh, rewarding career. So uh, I'll tell you the unbelievable stories next time I see you guys. Dreamforce 2023. I hope it's sooner than that, but uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll connect. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Kevin, thank you. We appreciate your time for joining us today and uh, sharing some of your your career path and a little bit about own backup. And for anybody listening that may want to connect with you, are you on Twitter? How can they connect with you on on like Twitter or LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way. I'm uh, like like uh, you know like the salesperson I am. I'm on there all the time, so uh, certainly connect me on LinkedIn. You know, just connect, shoot me a message, whatnot. Um, I try to you know if there's uh, ecosystem events or whatnot coming up, let me know. If you want us to come by your office? Hey, we love getting out and seeing folks in person. Uh, it's great to be able to be out there and uh, you know seeing folks again in person. It's a big uh, directive for me and my team. So, reach out and uh, yeah, more than happy to chat on the phone. You know, text in person, whatever. But uh, you know, reach out to you guys. You got my numbers. But uh, you know, appreciate you having me on the show today. And uh, you know, awesome, awesome work with you guys over the years. Uh, you know, like I said five years ago, uh, never would have guessed that here we'd be today. So, really appreciate the uh, you know the relationship and the partnership that we've got. Absolutely. It's been a fun journey. And thank you again for your time today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review no matter where it is that you're listening today. To learn more about Silverline, you can subscribe to Silverline's blog at silverlinecrm.com or follow on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at SilverlineCRM. That's one word, Silverline CRM. And we'll see you on the next episode.